You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. Angry with God is the title of this devotion. It's not something that I hardly ever think about, to be honest. I mean, I was raised in a home, my father and mother, who loved God. And no matter what they went through, no matter how hard, how difficult, how painful, how unjust, how, how like you don't understand why we're going through this. They always loved God. They always trusted Him. They relied upon Him, depended on Him, and He brought them through. So I was raised to love God. So for me to think about angry with God, but I have recently discovered that people can be angry with God. (laughs) I mean, to me, that is hard to imagine because God is good. His mercies endure forever. His mercies are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. His loving kindness never fails and on and on. So how can anybody be angry with God with all that He made that is so amazing and beautiful? But it happens. People can be angry with God. Even people that actually turn out to be amazing children of God that have maybe gone through a time that they were angry with God. And when I started to think about this devotion, because I've thought about this for quite a while, I had to remember in the time of the Feast of Tabernacles, right before the Feast of Tabernacles, which is always September, October, Jesus' uh, natural brothers, half-brothers, James uh, was one of them, Joseph was another one, he had four of them, they came to Jesus and say, why hide yourself from the multitudes? Why not go up to the feast if you want to be famous? And they were antagonistic because they didn't yet have the faith of God in their heart that he was the son of God. And Jesus said to them, this is in John 7 verse 7, he said, for you, it's always time because it will make no difference. But for me, the world hates me because I convince it of sin. I show that its deeds are evil, and the world hates me for that. Jesus brings every soul to accountability, which actually is one of the best things that could happen to you and me. It's only people that are totally deceived by the devil think they can get away with things before all seeing God as if, like Adam, they could hide from the all-seeing God. It's absolute deception and lies of the devil that would cause any soul to think, I can hide from God. The truth is God knows and sees all things. But we don't always like to be held to account. And I had to think about what happened at the end of the Feast of Tabernacles is that The people were worshiping God while water was being poured from the pool of Siloam on the altar. 
from Isaiah chapter 12, singing that the Lord was no longer angry and with joy they could draw from the well of salvation. While Jesus cried out, if anyone's thirsty, let him come unto me and out of his heart will flow the river of living water. This he said about the Holy Spirit who had not yet been given, for he had not yet been glorified. Excuse me for going a bit quick, but I got to get to the point. And the next morning Jesus was teaching in the temple and all of a sudden the leaders, religious leaders and some others brought a woman before Jesus who was caught in the act of adultery and said, the law of Moses says he should be stoned. What do you say? And they said this to try to catch him, to have some charge against him. And Jesus did not respond to them while he was riding in the dust. In Jeremiah 17, it says that those who have forsaken the well of salvation, their names will be written in the dust. In other words, your life just fades away worthlessly if you forsake the source of life in God. And so Jesus then eventually looked up to them as they pressed him and he said, you that are without sin, cast the first stone. And all of them felt convicted in their heart and they all dropped their stones from the oldest to the youngest, it says, and they left. And the one, Jesus lifted himself up and looked at the woman and said, woman, where are your accusers? And they said, there are none, Lord. He said, neither will I accuse you. Go your way and sin no more. Which reminds me of this scripture. And this is from the Passion Translation, Romans 2, verse 4. Listen to this. Do the riches of his extraordinary kindness make you take him for granted and despise him? Haven't you experienced how kind and understanding he has been to you? Don't mistake his tolerance for acceptance. Do you realize that all the wealth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and lead you to repentance? Don't mistake that his kindness means that he thinks it's okay for the way you live in sin. No, sin is so horrible that Jesus came down from heaven to give his life to free us from it. That's how horrible it is. So we can't think lightly of sin. And here these people were convicted that they were no better than that woman. So Jesus began to speak to these people that could not stone this woman because they felt convicted that they themselves also fell short of God's glory. And he said to them, if you abide in my word, You shall be my disciples indeed, truly. The word indeed means truly. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Then this long argument here in John chapter 8 started. And the whole issue of the argument was they could not throw the stone at her because they were no better than her. Yet when Jesus came to hold them to account, that they needed salvation just like that woman. They got so offended that they took up stones, verse 59 says, at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out from the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. (laughs) They sought to stone the man who was helping them wake up. You need help. They got angry. They got angry with God for holding them to an account. You know, it's so painful when we, and I have done it in my life, so I'm not saying this with an unkindness, when we can be so judgmental towards others 
and get offended with their failings when we have our own that need nothing but mercy upon mercy and grace upon grace. I want to encourage you today. If you are angry in life, and maybe you say, oh, Pastor Robert, I'm not angry with God, but you're angry with the one you love. You're offended with the failings of the one you love. You can have a husband who's so angry with his wife or a wife who's so angry with her husband. And they're so angry and you not realizing it that really you're angry with God. Your heart is darkened. The Bible says in 1 John that he who hates is yet in darkness. You cannot say you love God and not love the one nearest to you, it says there too. And we must love one another even as he has loved us. But anger is something that could really give place to the devil. And I know we've all had it. I know I've had my share of it too. And the Bible says in Ephesians 4 verse 26, be angry, but do not sin. Do not give a foothold to the devil. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. That's what it says there in that chapter. Put away from yourself anger and malice. Let me read it to you. I'm going to read it to you. No, I'll read it from the just uh, Ephesians 4. Be angry. It says in verse 26, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, don't harbor anger. Don't harbor it. And then it says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but only what is good and necessary to edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by the way you speak, that you don't speak with bitterness and anger. You see, in other words, it's causing not just pain to the person you're offended with, but it's grieving the Holy Spirit when you're that way. That means your anger comes up before God, by whom you were sealed, the Holy Spirit. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, glamour, evil speaking be put away from you. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ, even as God in Christ forgave you. And you see, it's so important, dear friends, that we guard ourselves to not let anger root itself in our heart with malice and envy and resentment and all kinds of feelings that have, that's opened the door for the devil. But I want to bring it back to our relationship with God because that's the title for today, Angry with God. You see, Jesus had people become so angry with him that they were incensed against him and breathed murder and hatred because they got so angry with him. Why? Because he held them to an account. And folks, we all have to appear before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account. That's what it says. Let me read you the scripture. I'll read it to you here in chapter four of the book of Hebrews. The word of God is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joint and marrow. It's the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Therefore, there is therefore no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes to him to whom we must give an account better now at this moment than to wait until you appear before him. And the Lord says, why? 
Why did you harbor such hurt and offense against me? You say, well, Lord, what did I do against you? When you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. And you see, that's quite serious. And the Holy Spirit, folks, is here to help us. Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 26, oh, I sure love these chapters. My, I mean, I've read them and read them. It says, the helper, the Holy Spirit comes, uh, but when the helper, the Holy Spirit comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment, of sin, because they do not believe. You see, the mother of all sin is unbelief. And the Hebrews warns us against an evil heart of unbelief. When you have no more faith that God is able, that he is love, that he is good, that he's with you, that he'll never leave you, that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, ever living to make intercession to save you, to save your life, your family, your home, to save you and bring you through whatever you're going through. And I want to encourage you today, friends, if you have anger, if you harbor such anger in your heart that you can't even think of somebody without that anger springing up. You can't even see that individual without that anger springing up in you. That means it lives in you. You can't even talk about somebody without that anger springing up in you. Come on, wake up. Why not hold yourself to an account? Why does God need to do something to stop you? No, you ought to stop yourself. The Bible says that if we judge ourselves, we shall not be condemned in the book of Corinthians. It's so important you judge yourself and you, that person, you see that person or you hear its name or, you, or anything related, that anger, whoom, comes up in you. That means it lives there. And that needs to be taken out because that's against God. Your heart belongs to Him. He's purchased it with the blood of His Son. And it says here in Psalm 37, verse eight, Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It will only cause harm. Do not be molding that over because harm will come. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth for yet a little while and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Come on. We have to let go. Let go of the anger. You know, the meek, Jesus said in Matthew 11, verse 25 through verse 30, learn of meek, learn of me, for I'm meek and gentle. The pastor translation says, I'm easy to get along with and you will find rest for your soul. I go to the throne of grace when I feel anger trying to take root in my heart and I feel it coming up against anybody. Oh my goodness, it scares me silly because it will cause harm. It will cause harm. And I go into prayer and I weep before the throne of his amazing grace and Jesus teaches me 
and fills me with his meekness, his gentleness, with his easy to get along with spirit and that anger is gone because I know if I hold it against the least of these, I'm having it against God. And I don't want to walk around with anything in my heart that would grieve the Holy Spirit, do you? So I want to encourage you today. If you've got angers, go to the throne of grace, go into prayer, say, Jesus, you're my savior, you're my Lord. You've shed your blood to set me free, to wash me white as snow. Lord, I've, I've let go of the stones that I was holding against others, but I'm not yet free inside. I still harbor hurt and offense. Wash me, my Savior. Wash me, my Savior. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your joy, with your peace, with your goodness towards this person. Father, I pray grace for this person and love filling my heart towards them. Thank you for your goodness towards them. Then you begin to pray like this and pray like this and I guarantee you, you will see the river of his love flow through you and bring healing concerning every thought and feeling and wipe them away like they're never there and you will enjoy reconciliation and enjoy fellowship and friendship. And if this is in your marriage, oh my goodness, it will keep the devil out of the door if you keep Christ's love in your heart. Amen. Have a good day.